Hey, Bloom Squad. Hello. <laughs> it's your girls. We're back together. We're IRL, baby. I'm sitting here braiding Emma's hair <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> and all is right in the world because we're living together again. Again. Not for long, unfortunately. Yeah. But getting a big girl one bedroom. Yeah. Taylor's moving up in this world. But all that matters is right now we are together in Vancouver and we have a brand spanking new episode to share with y'all that we're very excited about. And we also have a brand spanking new newsletter that we're very excited about because honestly, we always want to give you guys the updates on our life and tell you what's up for us. But then our episodes are like an hour and a half long. So like two hours. <laughs> yeah. So we've decided that we're going to give you the updates in the form of a newsletter, which also just feels like more intimate and cute. And yes, you can get mail from us yeah. amongst your other boring emails. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And just like visually, I'm excited for that. You know what I mean? Like designing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's our new little project that we're working on. So if you want to sign up, um, link in our bio on Instagram, but also I guess we'll put it in the show notes here. Um, And yeah, expect something from us in your mailbox for every new episode that we release. Yeah, we're going to do like playlists and personal life updates and book Mm. recos we're gonna feature some brands and platforms that we're vibing with as of late and just like all that good stuff that we always want to share with you but haven't exactly had a platform to do so until now so that's that's on that we're so excited (laughs) about it and now our episode for this month is with a very special guest and she's gonna share with you guys some really intimate juicy uh, help me out here (laughs) juicy is so our word everything's juicy we're going in on something that's just yeah both straight up really intimate but needs to be talked about more someone struggle with infertility and their journey with that so I think that's all we're going to say because you can just hop into the episode. Um, and yeah, here it is. Welcome to the Full Bloom Podcast, where we talk about whatever the fuck we want and, and you're, you're invited. invited. <laughs> Oh my god, this is so crazy. <laughs> this is this is the coolest thing of all time, just saying. Like <laughs> it is. Wow. It? Okay. It is. It is. I feel very, very privileged to be talking to the two of you right now. So thank you. This is very oh, cool. Thank you for coming. Welcome, Bloom Squad. Yeah, we welcome. Are so excited about this episode. Danielle is someone who's been in my life in like multiple different ways for 
a super long time. I don't even know how long. Like, how old? About I it. was like, I think you thirteen. I think when yeah, I was. Young. I first met you. Danielle yeah. was my dance teacher when I was like super young for like a couple yep. years. <laughs> yeah, very very exciting to be able to talk to you about you know real life now yeah. <laughs> it's not a student teacher relationship anymore so I'm so excited to get all into it um but I want you to kind of like introduce yourself tell our bloom squad who you are and what you're about yeah my name's Danielle Morris I'm almost a 35 year old which is scary to think but yeah I have been in kind of the weirdest part of my life, I guess, the last five years or so. Um, before there, um, I was a dancer, like we were talking before. Um, I grew up dancing. That was my whole kind of like passion. Everything was surrounded around dance. I went to college for dance. Then I became a dance teacher where I met Taylor. And um, dance really kind of I don't know, propelled my life in so many ways, connected me to so many people. That's how I ended up meeting my husband as well, Tyler. So dance has really kind of been, I don't know, the anchor of my life that's really given me my direction, my discipline, my work ethic, um, my beliefs. Then, you know, things happen. And I had a situation in my life where I had to walk away from dance completely. That's still kind of something that I'm always working through, but I really feel like that point in my life prepared me for what I was about to start going through. Um, mm. It's not like we always want to have, you know, negative things happen in our lives, but I really do believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I needed to have that experience to help me be a stronger person. So that's where I'm kind of at now. Um, I'm starting to, you know, dabble in social media a bit more and trying to bring my presence out there, trying to talk about my experiences and bring my personality and my humor to my, my social media because it's just been kind of a creative outlet for me where I've kind of missed, you know, having that side of expression um, where dance kind of gave that to me so that's been really a blessing in disguise because I've needed to have the support of people on social media to kind of get me through this next stage of my life which we will be talking about um mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's me it's so interesting how like often social media gets villainized but there's so much power in it and so much good that does come from there is like you said like it's a creative outlet it's a place to grow community it's a place to like reach out and find resources and connect with like-minded folks and like develop exactly. circles especially after yeah. COVID when like we weren't able to go and do those things in person I feel like a lot of people found solace in like developing online communities and finding sure. people out there in the world when we like couldn't leave mm -hmm. our homes so Danielle, yeah. where are you at in your cycle? And I think that this is really important for our chat with you too, because obviously we're going to be getting into, mm -hmm. you know, all of that juicy bodily fertility stuff. But yeah, yeah, do you know where you're at and like kind of what's your relationship to your cycle? That's a good question. Um, 
so to be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> my cycle right now is very medicated, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really out of my control. Um, but I know that I'm, I think I'm coming up to having my period. I can feel that happening. Um, but it's very, my relationship with my cycle right now is very different from what it once was. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of women deal with, with, um, infertility is really not having that grasp on knowing your body if that makes sense. So I'm going to say I'm I'm close to, you know, the flow, but again, it's so calculated now by doctors and hormones and all of that, that it's, it's, it's a very weird, it's a very weird relationship now. Mm -hmm. Um, Where are you guys at? I'm on day 20. Whoa, interval. In terms of the language that Taylor and I love to use that we learned from our dear friend Stella, I am in my inner fall, which is prepping for my bleed in like a week and just kind of taking care of myself. I'm sipping on some nettle tea and just trying to slow down, yeah. build my iron and just kind of experimenting. I find the inner fall is so vital for like prepping your body to yes. have a just like a different bleed and some months I have like no cramps no pain some months it's totally different and I'm really trying to look at like what am I doing differently and what's coming up that's creating that sort of misalignment in my body so right I feel like I'm in my inner fall then too that yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna say I'm in my inner fall <laughs> just for anybody that's this is like their first episode tuning in or if you haven't listened to season one yet we have an episode with Stella Artuzo who is where Emma and I learned the terminology of relating your period to the seasons and you're living cyclically through the seasons um so give that a listen if you haven't yet because it's super informative and mm-hmm. the language that we're using might make a little bit more sense <laughs> I'm on day 11, so inner spring. Usually when we think of inner spring, we think of having like all of this energy and like feeling a little bit sexier, a little bit more social, like we're in our inner spring ready to like intention set and like set up for ovulation when we're just like, come at me, world, (laughs) I've got everything you need. Um, Anyway, but yeah, I think this, this cycle, my I've been experiencing a lot of fatigue the last couple of days and I haven't really had a lot of energy to like go out and do things or like socialize much. Mm-hmm. I've just been kind of enjoying the like stability of like being in the home and I'm still in like using the inner spring energy to like set intentions and like get things done. So yeah, it's it's a different experience for me this time. It's like inner spring with a blizzard keeping me inside. <laughs> <laughs> All the seasons coming together. There you go. Exactly. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. We are so excited to talk to Danielle because the topic of this episode is something that I feel like is not it's straight up just not fucking talked about so we're gonna hand the floor over to danielle she's gonna (laughs) tell us where she's at and yeah we want we want all of it so just go off okay all right well 
where to start? Um, I was talking with my husband today because January of 2022 will be three years, marking three years that we have been actively trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you think when, you know, you're a teenager and you're starting to maybe experiment with sex and things like that, the goal is to not get pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. You're always like, what, what can I do to not have this happen? Same thing kind of happens in, in your 20s as well. And then you, you just always assume that it's going to be a simple thing. Um, and I think a lot of that assumption comes from it not being talked about. Mm. And a lot of this generation, and when I say this generation, I'm saying like, I'm saying probably like 22 to like 35, um, because that's kind of the age group that I see a lot of this happening in. A lot of people are dealing with infertility in many different ways, in many different aspects. Um, I, I kind of look at it as there's like three tiers of infertility. The first tier is like, you've been trying, nothing's happening. So you go to look for help. The second tier is, okay, we're having some treatment done. Um, and in hopes that something's going to happen, it may not be the most aggressive treatment, but stuff is still happening. And then the third tier, you know, IVF and really severe infertility. Every time I had, you know, a month go by and I took a pregnancy test and nothing happened, that is probably one of the worst feelings that somebody trying to have conception happen. It's one of the worst feelings I think that I will probably ever experience because it just feels like your body is letting you down because you, you've mm -hmm. been told your whole life, this is what you are supposed to do. This is why you have your period. This is why this happens. And when it continuously stops and doesn't happen, you're just like, what's wrong with me? And that can be a very isolating, lonely, awful feeling because you don't think that anybody else feels that way. In that moment, you think it's you. And yeah. that that's very hard to even explain now because it's like, it's, it's just so isolating when you're sitting in the bathroom, you know, peeing on a stick. <laughs> it's not the most glamorous thing of all, all time anyways, but mm -hmm. you're sitting there with butterflies in your stomach, hoping and praying that this is going to be the time. And then it doesn't happen. So yeah, in 2019, um, in January, we started our, we, we made the decision. We felt like we were ready to start trying. And I had been on the pill for about 10 years at that point. Um, and mainly the reason I was on the pill is because I had really severe periods. And my doctor was like, this is something that will help you. Um, so I, I got off the pill thinking, okay, this is it. My body's going to be ready. It's going to do what it's going to do. You know, we're going to be pregnant in like three months. You know, like I had all these thoughts in my head because that's just what you think is going to happen. 
And then January 2020 came around and we didn't have any luck of any sort. And that at that point, I was like, okay, what do we do? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I had never known anyone in my life that had gone through this, that had openly spoken about it. So I said to Tyler, I think we should look into a fertility clinic. And he was like, really? Like you think? And I'm like, well, everything that I read says that you should try for at least 12 months once you've been off the pill. And then let's just kind of explore that. So we made the decision that we were going to contact a fertility clinic. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) So um, that that was also hard because we were, you know, so excited for this next step. So hopeful, you know, something was going to happen. And when the pandemic happened, fertility was just put on the back burner. And I'm not the only person Mm -hmm. that experienced that. So many people just basically had a roadblock in front of them because, all the focus was on what was going on in the world and rightfully so at the time yeah, because it I would was have never even and, considered that, that right it was, it was just like a huge pause for everyone mm-hmm. who was already so eagerly waiting right that sounds so it, painful it it really was because at that point too we weren't really telling people that this was happening mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of like Tyler and I against the world at that point it was like okay how do we how do we navigate this together as a partnership as you know two people that want this so bad how do we figure this out and the pandemic happened continued to happen and finally we got an appointment with the doctor at this very popular clinic here in the Waterloo region and we had our first phone call with him because at that point you couldn't go in and see doctors and um he was like okay this is what we're gonna do we need to have all these tests set up we're gonna figure out exactly where you are in your infertility journey because everybody's journey is different there's not like a one-size-fits-all that you can kind of just slap on slap on and go there you go that's that's what's wrong right Um, there's so much that goes into it more than we even expected and I think that, I think that is where people that are experiencing infertility, this is kind of the step that frightens them a lot because it's like, okay, now we have to have this done, this done, this done, this done, but we still might not get an answer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just a lot because it's almost like you feel like a, a pin cushion of just, okay, today I'm having... 15 different blood tests done to look at this part and this part. And then Tyler had to have that done. And then Tyler had to have a sperm analysis done to make sure that, you know, they were doing exactly what they needed to do. Um, And then there's another test that's called a sonohistogram, which is basically where they insert dye through the cervix to make sure that both the fallopian tubes are open and ready to go and yeah that (laughs) that experience um i still say is probably one of the hardest things i've ever done because first off 
you have to go alone because it's a pandemic. You can't have your support person there. Oh my God. Right. And you're in a room with people that do this all day, every day. You are just a number to them. It's just a job to them, right? Exactly. And they, they, they see your fear. They see how you're feeling. But again, it's just, you know, it's just their day. They may have just had lunch. They've <laughs> just come yeah. back. You're, you're yeah. just a person. Not and that, that felt very lonely because this, this test is basically telling, telling you if you can do this or if you can't. And in the middle of this test, I fainted. Ugh. And again, alone. Um, and they're trying to maneuver things inside of me talking about how they can't see this and can't see that while I'm laying there on this table, just mortified that they're talking about my body the way that they were. Oh my God. And I think that a lot of, a lot of people go through that because our, like the, the medical industry is just, they're overworked as well. Right. So I don't know there, it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird situation going into tests and things like that, where you're just kind of, you know, trying to keep an open mind, trying to keep positive, but ultimately leave and you feel like a bag of shit because it's yeah, just nothing is so... really working in your favor. Hey, like everything is kind right. of just against you. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's, painful it's yes there's there's no sense of control or necessarily this this term control keeps coming up and I was literally just gonna say it's like when you go into these things you have no control over what happens like you're just it's so vulnerable you're sitting Mm -hmm. there in like a hospital gown with your legs spread like this is this is me this is it right like yeah other people have your body in their hands and essentially your future in their hands and you just like have to take it oh yeah yeah so I remember leaving that appointment I finally after I fainted they kind of got me you know (laughs) okay to leave because again I had to escort myself out um to the parking lot and I remember just sitting in the car with Tyler and just crying and saying like I hope this is worth it I really hope that this is going to be, you know, this is going to give us the answers. This is going to help the doctors figure out how we need to navigate. And what came back from that test was that I had a very, very large 24 centimeter growth on my uterus. Oh, wow. That I didn't even know was there. (laughs) Like I had, I had no idea. So our doctor calls and says, okay, we think that the one tube, and the, they said the words we think, because again, these tests aren't always 100% accurate, right? So they thought that one tube was fully open and that one was not as open as it could be, but that this growth was basically the reason why my body wasn't doing what it needed to do. It was affecting my ovulation. It was affecting the space for, you know, the uterus and everything to grow. And they said, you have to have surgery before we can start treatment. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, 
when does that happen in a pandemic? <laughs> like, yeah. Because oh my God. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not in a life-threatening situation where surgery is a dire thing. Um, so they said, well, it's probably going to be next year. And again, this was 2020, the summer of 2020, when they were saying this. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean for starting treatment? And they said, well, we think that you should wait until you've had surgery because you could you could get pregnant, but you may not be able to sustain that pregnancy because of this situation with your uterus. So that was also mm-hmm. a slap in the face because, again, that word control comes into play because mm-hmm. you, you, you have no control. The world is a shit show and everything's happening and you, you get told this and you're like, okay, well, it could, it could be three years until I have surgery because I'm, again, placed to the back burner because infertility is not thought about discussed it's just kind of pushed aside so that was really hard for a while because Tyler and I are like so now what (laughs) what do we do now and everything becomes like a waiting game at that point right yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. everything came back great for him um so we were really excited about that because we're like okay at least it's just one of us that has to kind of navigate this new journey and so we just continued to try and there were a couple times where I thought, Oh, I, I think I'm pregnant. I really do. And then the next day my period would come and I'm like, Oh, okay. So it was just 2020, especially with everything going on, like Tyler's job was affected, you know, being a, a figure skating coach um, that, that happened. I was working from home all these changes were happening around us that we couldn't control. And then this on top of it, it just felt like so defeated. (laughs) Like we just felt so defeated because we're like, this is happening for so many people. And 2020 was like the year of everybody and their brother getting pregnant. And which was great. COVID babies. Right. Which was great Mm -hmm. because you know what, there were people that had been trying and it just, ended up happening for them but that was a time where I'll bring social media back in but that was a time where I really had to kind of step back because it was almost like every other day somebody was posting I'm pregnant I'm pregnant I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. and as happy as you are for those people there's still that jealousy factor there's still that feeling of why can that person do it but I can't like what's um, wrong with my body? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. What is wrong with me? And then comments would start happening from the outside as to, so, so why aren't you guys having kids yet? Or are you guys having kids? Have like, are you pregnant? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> we had to step back again because we knew these people aren't educated that are saying these things to us. Mm-hmm. They don't know that infertility maybe is a thing, but they're just saying what they think should be said because society says, well, you know, they've been married five years now. Where's the kids? Pop them out. Let's go. Right. Hey, 
Okay, Bloom Squad. We wanna let you in on an exciting Canadian woman-run fertility brand we've come across recently, Ovary. So Ovary sells pregnancy tests, ovulation tests, and male fertility tests in a super stripped-down, low-cost, accessible style. Straight up, pregnancy tests are ridiculous. They're way overpriced, super wasteful, and unnecessarily enormous, creating limited access and keeping us guessing about what's going on in our bodies and our partner's bodies. Ovaries tests keep it super simple. They use 90% less plastic, and you can get 18 tests for $39, which is over a year's supply, and you order them online. Basically, they've completely streamlined the process. They've cut the stress, the chunkiness, and the cost in half, and we really think their simplicity is refreshing. So check them out on myovry.ca, M-Y-O-V-R-Y.ca. We're really loving these products. And if you use our discount code, FULLBLOOMPOD, one word, you'll receive 10% off your first order. Body literacy should be accessible, sustainable, and stress-free. So gift this to yourself with Ovary. So 2020 came and went and 2021 we thought you know what we decided I guess it was May we called the doctor and we said can we try a cycle can we just try and see what happens this was before my surgery and he was like well I guess I guess we could try I guess we could try and our big thing was Fertility medicine costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's not covered unless you have good benefits, which thankfully I do. And that helped a lot, but not everybody's in that situation. And we thought, okay, should we just try and see what happens if the money's wasted, whatever. And we just, we both thought, let's just do it. At that point, it's also up to the doctor whether they're going to say yes or no for even trying, exactly. right? Yeah. So, so there's again, like control. another roadblock, <laughs> another yeah. hand involved in being like, you and Tyler might be so willing, you have the money, you're ready to go. And then they could be like, no, I'm not going to do it. What are you just right. going to find another doctor that's going to take yeah. years? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You just feel like you're in the palm of somebody's hand and they're mm-hmm. just, you know, like a marionette. Yeah, it, it almost, I, I kind of sometimes think about the Truman Show movie. Oh my God, I, yeah. And sometimes it almost felt like we were just in this movie of like, okay, what else is going to happen? What, like, you know, what what's behind that door? What's oh, behind wow. this door? What's right. going to happen? So he gave us the go ahead and with what he had prescribed for us, I had to start with this medication called Latrozole. And what this medication does is it forces your body to grow follicles, like egg follicles in your ovaries. You take it for five days. And then what they do is with an internal ultrasound, they measure every day, you have to go back and back and back. So again, it's like a full-time job on top of life, just trying to navigate this. And they measure to see, okay, today it's this big, tomorrow it's this big. And they kind of determine from there when it's ready for ovulation. So, you know, we go through this. 
I'm on day five of the medication and I get a call from the hospital that I'm going to have surgery in two weeks. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. So yeah, that again was just like, oh, okay. Okay. Because again, surgery is another layer of this. And I don't know about you guys, but like medical stuff kind of freaks me out. I don't oh, yeah. love, I, I love Grey's Anatomy. I <laughs> I think I'm a surgeon sometimes, but I was literally me. watching your Instagram today and there was like <laughs> being like, I've seen every episode of Grey's Anatomy, so I'm basically a doctor. And I was like, word. <laughs> yes. That's me. Yeah. But for it to be on like myself, it's like, yeah, no. Mm. Yeah. So I had two weeks to prepare. We decided, okay, surgery's happening. So I had to stop treatment. And that was okay because we were able to kind of do like a mock cycle to see if what that medication was trying to do actually worked. And well, how did. did that? It... Oh, sorry. I just yeah, wanted sorry. to ask how the, how the starting the treatment and then stopping, if that had effect on your body, like how did that feel or show up? Again, it's hormones, right? It's, it's like, it's changing what your body is naturally supposed to do. So I was a little concerned because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be having surgery. Is this going to affect the surgery? What we've already done? Have I just kind of screwed myself over because we've been waiting so long? And I, I did feel okay. Um, I think a lot of it was just complete nerves and being terrified because again, I had no one really to talk to about this because no one had really in my life experienced what I was going through. So sometimes the advice I was getting from people or comments that were made, it was, they were trying to be helpful, but it wasn't what I needed to hear. And Mm -hmm. so going into the surgery, it was kind of just you know Tyler being my my person there and saying okay we got this just think of what's going to happen after the surgery just keep thinking further down the road and luckily I had an amazing amazing doctor um, that just kind of understood my fears understood what I was feeling and did everything that she could to make this a positive experience because I told her about that test I had the year before, how horrible that was. And she understood. That makes a huge difference. Hey, For having sure. someone that is able to actually look at you for a human being who's having yes. a hard time going through a hard experience and just be there with you and not just treating you as another number. Hey, exactly. Yeah. So surgery d- day came and it was very, again, isolating because COVID, everything going on, Tyler had to drop me off at the door and pick me up at the door. Um, So that, that was terrifying. I, I didn't really know how to do this by myself, but I had to figure that out very quickly. And again, that's like I said at the beginning, when I had things happen in my life to prepare me for this chapter of my life, I really had to stand on my own two feet and be a strong human. (laughs) And um, luckily, every single person that was working that day in the hospital 
they they knew what, why I was there. They knew it wasn't just, you know, I was having pain or whatever. They knew I was trying to have a child and this is one step I had to do. That experience really, really, really changed me because everybody actually gave a shit and that felt amazing. So I yeah. left the surgery and I was just like, okay, we got through it. Wow. <laughs> I'm here. Can I just stop and say like, yeah. Good for you. Like, congratulations <laughs> that you did that and got through that. Like, thank you. Let's just take mm-hmm. a moment. Like, yeah, that already is just wild. Mm-hmm. I'm like sitting here listening to you and like picturing this whole experience. Just like, yeah, to have and you had to hold yourself. Yeah. That. Yes, one hundred percent. And like, you're sitting in the bed, and there's plastic sheets all around you. It yeah. feels like it felt like I was in some science experiment where you know everything's just plastic and everybody's in hazmat suits and you're just kind of laying there you're still stoned on anesthesia and you're like what is happening like this it was it was a very bizarre experience but looking back I can say I I was able to get through that during this pandemic and good for you, Danielle, like you said, Taylor, that was a big moment for me, because sometimes I didn't think I had the strength to get through that. I thought I was weak. I thought my body's weak. So I'm weak. You know what I mean? Mm, You always have the strength. Yes, it's always there. You just have to find your way to pull it out of yourself, if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's you know, being in the worst situation of your life and you have to go to rock bottom and dig your way up. And that's how I look at that whole surgery experience and the amount of support and love that I got from my online community. I can't even tell you. It was, I think one of the reasons why I started, you know, dabbling in social media, I didn't know at the time, but I needed this community. I needed people to say, it's okay, Danielle. It's okay if you need to cry. It's okay if you want to throw something at the wall. It's okay. You are strong and you can do this. How did you start being more open about it, like on social media and talking to people in your life? Like what was that pivotal like switch for you? Yeah, good question. Um, I really feel like it was when we kind of kept getting, you know, no from doc, like the doctor being like, no, it's not time. No, it's not time. And I would talk to my mom. I would talk to my mother-in-law, I would talk to my best friend, I'd talk to Tyler, and I i don't know, I just felt like I needed to talk to more people than just that close circle. I started to feel more comfortable showing up online, and then one day, Tyler and I had gone for a walk in this beautiful park that we have here in Waterloo, and that's kind of when my creative juices got flowing and I set up my phone so that Tyler and I could run together down this kind of path and meet in the middle and then walk towards the camera together. And in my head, that was us 
you know, running towards the dream, kind of being stuck there, but then still walking forward. And so beautiful. She is a choreographer. Yeah. <laughs> right. We mustn't forget that. Yes. The, brain, <laughs> the choreography brain does not ever shut off. Unfortunately, sometimes <laughs> it wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what do I do with this? I don't know. <laughs> um, so when I kind of made that real and I put it out on my Instagram, people did not know <laughs> that we were struggling. And that was kind of the first time that I think people went, okay, this is why, this is why they don't, you know, talk about wanting kids or having kids or it it was very much an eye opener for a lot of people. And then the messages started coming in from people that I knew that never in a million years would I have expected that they were struggling. That meant everything to me because I was like, I felt so lonely in this, but if I, just by sharing, you know, a little reel I made, if that meant something to somebody and now they feel better in their shoes, that's when I really started, you know, okay, no, I'm going to talk about this because no one else is. This is something that I was talking with Taylor about the other day. Whoever the partner is to the person that is going through the majority of the treatment, they often aren't thought about. And that breaks my heart because they want it just as much as, as the person, you know, that's going to carry the baby, birth the baby, all of that. And there's not really a lot of resources for them because it's, it's so focused on the person that's receiving treatment. And it's not just about me. It's about us. We went through this together, right? Like, yes, yes. I've had to have the surgery. Yes. I have to take the injections. Yes. I have to do that. But he's here alongside of me the entire time. His support doesn't waver. He has to deal with the mood swings, the crying, you know, the, the heartbreak, because he feels it too. And sometimes I think that makes people uncomfortable because they don't know how to approach them Mm -hmm. because they think, okay, honey, you're the one that's dealing with all of this. How are you? And then they look at Tyler and, and say nothing. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Um, It's hard because especially as a male, they're supposed to, you know, be the strength, be this, be that. And sometimes they need to just let everything go and feel their emotions and feel what I'm feeling. And we, we check in and take care of each other, but that's not always the case. There's only one person who's experiencing like the physical bodily sensations, but then bringing in that connection in all the ways that like Danielle has mentioned, like supporting each other being there physically with one another and kind of like ma- trying to maintain that connection I don't know Danielle totally. you have more tools that you found were helpful for you and Tyler that you could share with folks on how to kind of stay connected in a time where you can feel super disconnected even from yourself and your own body for sure one thing is just being honest <laughs> and I know that sounds very simple But sometimes when, you know, you're going through something traumatic or painful, hurtful, all all of those feelings, you just 
sometimes want to shut down. And I know that's sometimes how I can approach situations when I just need a minute to kind of absorb everything that's happening. And being honest about how you're feeling on both sides is very powerful because mm-hmm. if you're not honest about what you're feeling, how how is that person supposed to know? I, I think that if you hide what you're feeling or hide any sort of emotion that's going on, it, it's just detrimental to your relationship overall. And you want this so badly, but don't let it push you away so that you don't have that relationship that got you to this place. You know, mm. there's a reason why you want to create life with this person. There's a reason why you've gone through you know, this journey, this path of navigating what you need to do medically or what you need to do to make your body ready. And if you don't communicate, that can put a very, very big damper on your relationship. And it can make you feel like you're not in that same relationship as where you started. Even if that's ugly, even if it's not pretty, that's part of life and that's part of having a strong relationship. And one thing when we started, you know, getting into the cycles and things like that, trigger shots come into play. I, I couldn't do it to myself. I said, Tyler, I, I need you to do this. And he Can said, you just explain what a trigger shot is? Yes, for sure. So in our, realm of infertility like I said at the beginning how there's kind of those three tiers luckily we have not had to kind of go the IVF route yet Um, we're kind of in that middle tier of medicine is helping it's you know getting us one step closer but the trigger shot is what happens once you take that Ovidrill trigger shot is the name of it and basically it puts your body into ovulation mode So my body was struggling because of that growth on my uterus. It wasn't ovulating. So this trigger shot, which is a needle, it's not a small needle. um, It needs to be placed into your abdomen. And then basically that triggers your body into doing all the things it needs to do in terms of ovulation. And from there that's when timed intercourse kind of comes into play. So it's preparing your body so that when that timed intercourse happens, your body's ready to go. And Tyler took it like a champ. (laughs) He jabbed me with the needle and it was probably one of the most. Oh, you have to do it at um, home? Yes. You have to do it at home. Oh my God. So this is Um, post-surgery. You've recovered from surgery. Now we're starting the cycles. Okay. Yes, exactly. And when I tell you that that moment when we first did that, I never loved him more (laughs) because it was just like, you're doing this for us and you're taking one for the team you are showing your strength right now. You are showing me how I felt post-surgery Yeah, with that strength that I, you know, kind of pulled out of myself and said, no, you've done this. He was showing it in a different way of, no, I've got you. Let's do Uh, this. That is just 
I will never forget that that first moment when that happened because it was just like I felt very bonded to him in a different way than I ever had before and it just it just proved to me that our our relationship and what we were fighting for it was all worth it just in that moment I know that's like weird because he was stabbing me with a needle <laughs> but it's so intimate like it, it was very intimate if it, it, that's the perfect word it was very intimate and um I think at that point he really not that he didn't understand before but he really understood what was going on and it was like okay here we go you know it's also um, like you've had gone through the medical system and had all these other people like giving you needles and like helping you prepare your body for this and Yes. So then to have your partner actually be the one facilitating that care is a totally different experience and feels way more aligned with like the act of conception itself. It's like it's between right. the two of you. It's something for yes. the both of you to create together. And it feels like yes. in a more tangible way, he was like physically part of the process, like you said, because like advocating for the partner and like having the partner involved along the whole way like that was like a chance for him to not just stand beside and watch like he got to like stab you (laughs) yes he did oh he did (laughs) and like yes and I'm sure inside he was like holy shit (laughs) like is this actually happening but as you said like it, it also was almost like you know other couples they have maybe a really romantic night and it happens but we romanticized (laughs) that needle as like this is how it's going to work for us Mm -hmm. and if we have to do it 20 times that's that's what we're going to do and that's that's our story and this is where our true love for each other is going to come out and I'm so lucky I'm so 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 lucky that he is the person that I'm going through this with because he has kept me going and he does that continuously on the daily. And that's why I'm so adamant about the partner always being respected in this situation as well, because he deserves, he deserves that. And so many deserve that as well. The biggest thing that I wanted people to, after listening to take away is be mindful of everybody's journey. Everybody's journey is so different. Everybody's journey is going to have a completely different ending from mine and Tyler's journey. But make sure that you are being intentional with your words, because words Mm -hmm. can really hurt. And I've been hurt so many times in the last year, to my core, with things that have been said. And I've I've kind of stepped back and thought maybe that person didn't understand. And that's why they said what they said. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a random tangent, but that's no, it's important. That's so important. important. You know. Yeah. So but, where are you now? Like what's going on now? Do you feel comfortable sharing like where you're at with everything? Yeah. So we're still going through cycles. So this month, like when I said at the beginning, I wasn't really sure kind of where my cycle is. Um, it changes month to month based on the medication that you're given. So mm. it's kind of like your body is in front of you, but you're stepped back. 
So you're trying to figure out, okay, what am I feeling? Why, why do I feel this way? And it's just, it's like your hormones are thrown into a blender and then press like max (laughs) and it's just blah, 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 blah. Um, So we're still in the middle of cycles. Nothing has happened yet, but every time we go, we're given positive news and that is great. So something's working. Um, I think it's just, you know, maybe taking longer than it, that we want it to, not that it should. Um, that's the wrong word. It's longer than we would like it to take. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's a constant learning process because I could wake up one day after taking medication and feel like a million bucks. The next day I could feel like a complete bag of shit. And again, I'm trying to kind of reconnect with my body after every cycle. So periods always feel different, you know, kind of leading up to a period can kind of give you false hope sometimes of like, oh, maybe I'm pregnant. And then you're not because again, the medication kind of mimics that feeling of pregnancy as well. Um, So it is kind of like a mind fuck all at the same time. You're so hopeful, but it, it still isn't happening. And the best thing that I think I've done throughout this whole thing is therapy because it's, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's made me realize, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not messed up. My body isn't a horrible thing. This is just something that, you know, I have to, to work through. It's hard. And some days I just don't want to do it, but ultimately I know the strength that is inside of me that I didn't know I had it's there. Whatever happens with this journey, it it will make me a better person and hopefully a better mom one day, you know? Um, And if that's all I can take away from this experience, that's a huge, huge, huge feat. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Danielle. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you, girls. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Honestly. I feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulders, just, you know, saying it all out loud and Mm -hmm. kind of reliving those harder times. You speak of your story with such, you know, strength, resilience, realness, but also grace. Like, I'm just, I really enjoy the way that you speak. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. One more question for you. Yeah. I like, I like to ask our guests if you're reading anything interesting right now yes I am actually it's actually like I guess I I I look at it as like a a personal development book but it's a daily meditation book Um, and it's called journey to the heart oh I love um, that book yeah by Melody it's like it has everyday little entries yeah I just kind of read the, the passage for the day and I go okay how can I relate this into my life today? And then I journal about it. And I never thought that this type of book would help me as much as it does. Um, But one of my friends actually shared it a a few months ago about how she really relies on this book. And as soon as I got it into my hands, I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this is going to be with me for the long haul. So 
you really can come back to it year after year like thank you for reminding me of the power of this book it's just sitting on my shelf and I always come back to it oh there's so much goodness and so much in it lessons in here yeah so much so much Mm. um so yeah that's what I'm reading and I just love it I think it's it's such a beautiful book and yeah this has been so good guys I really really have enjoyed my my time with you and just it's really meant a lot to me so where can people find you if they want to like follow your story my instagram is mrs dot d morris or if you just type in like danielle morris i come up um that's kind of where i am most of the time sharing all of this i am so open if anybody is struggling and needs to talk or has questions if you're kind of new to this journey please reach out I would love to help you with what I know or give you resources that people have given to me um just know that you're not alone in this and yeah I'm I'm always here for anybody that wants to talk always thanks Danielle (laughs) I guess we'll we'll leave it there sounds good so much love. So that was the wonder that is Danielle mm-hmm. we're so grateful that she shared all of that and just you know really tapping into her truth her story that's felt like it's been happening behind closed doors and something that so so many folks experience that seems to get left in the dust mm-hmm. yeah just like a really eye-opening reminder that you never know what's going on with people behind closed doors there's really no way of knowing and because of that just like consistently showing up with compassion and mm-hmm. yeah and there's just there's so much in that episode in her story in her experience there's so much to be taken from that I feel like every person that hears her story will probably have something different to take away from it that Mm -hmm. they resonate with so now we're gonna pull tarot yeah let's pull a card in lieu of all of that here we go the seven of wands i got that one like the other day yeah i remember that you're strong enough to defend yourself against a bunch of opposers but just because you can hold your own it doesn't mean it feels good Know that when you have to fight or handle multiple challenges at once, you'll do great. But try not to wait until the 11th hour when you're backed into a corner and feeling disorganized to do something about it. Expect the best, but plan for the worst. You'll be in a better position to endure any BS and come out on top. So the affirmation is, I know my worth and stand up for myself against those that would tear me down. So it very much is just about, like, you're going through it. You can do it alone, but that doesn't mean you should have to. And, like, self-holding 
Mm-hmm. And, like, reaching out for support. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think about Danielle talking about her, like, social media community and how they, like, held her up and got her through things and, like... Totally. How she didn't even really realize she needed that support until she, like, reached out for it. 100%. Yeah, it's 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 literally, like, you know, people do this alone and you shouldn't have to, but to a certain extent they do and, and like, you can and clearly she has to a certain extent because it's, it's going on in her body, you know, like she mentioned between her and her partner, like, as much as it is affecting him as well, um it's her body it's her she's going and doing all these treatments and stuff so you know she is sort of like putting up a good fight but we can't but she shouldn't have to yeah that's the thing is like we should have structures and support that inhibit the need to do this alone Mm -hmm. and how you like you really do surprise yourself by what you can get through and what you can handle and what you're strong enough for but then like this says like it doesn't necessarily feel good yeah it's hard I think you can have pride in your experience and still need to be supported and need to and like can admit that it's not something to be done alone it's like birth itself yeah so true just because we can alone doesn't mean we fucking should. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. I'm also kind of seeing just with the visual of this card that this is Danielle like defending her desire to start a family and have a baby and mm. do what she wants to do against these six wands that are like all these odds. And she's just kind of like, fucking, I'm just gonna like defend myself and this is what I want and just like her belief that she knows that that's what her and her partner want and deserve and it's gonna happen what Mm -hmm. courage for her to just come and share her truth for her to be that source for people so yeah if if you resonated with anything that she said or have a journey of your own like please reach out to us or to her or Mm. Ugh, we're never alone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's really yeah. it. Yeah, don't forget to rate us, please, and thank you. It would mean the world. And sign up for our newsletter. And sign up for our newsletter. <laughs> Coming yeah. out with the full moon because we be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we love you, and we're blooming away. Day by day. (laughs) Happy February. Happy Aquarius new moon. We love you.